Surprise! Happy Monday. Here's a podcast episode, not on a Friday. I'm kind of at a point where the podcast is just going to come out whenever it does. There's just going to be episodes released when I feel like it because this time of year is crazy for everybody and it's hard to get stuff scheduled to do planned releases and all that. And also, if you've been following me for a while, you should just know that this is just how things go. They just come out when they come out and it doesn't make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason. They just are what they are. So here you are, another episode. I also decided that I am going to have Savannah be my regular co-host because it's really hard to find people for every episode and I really don't want to do it by myself. I think that's super weird. And we jive really well. She always has really good questions. Um, And so it works out great. So this episode is Savannah, but we also have Lauren who has read the Poodle Pointer. And I have recorded an episode with her once before, but I never released it because I just didn't really like, I just didn't really want to I didn't care about it anymore. Not because of her. And I talked about all of this in the beginning of this episode, but not because of anything she did or said, but I just stopped caring about the topic and didn't want to release the episode. Um, We had a really good conversation that for the most part today or yesterday, for the most part was centered around the concept of getting either a second dog or an additional dog. It's kind of a follow-up to the last episode where Savannah was talking about um, how she's kind of interested in a second dog. In between then and now, she took Cody for a week to do a trial with him, Um, ultimately decided that he wasn't the right fit for her. He did really well with her, um, and I think it was a good experience for her to have two dogs and, and play around with that for a little bit, but it was also a good experience for me and Cody to kind of see how he does switching gears and going into living with somebody else in, um, especially back in the cities. So uh, we talk a lot about that. I split the episode or I split the recording up into two episodes um, and I'll release the second part probably next week. And then we also got a little tidbit. It's about 40 minutes, I think, a little over 30. Um, of a totally different topic that as soon as I stopped recording, Lauren brought up and I was like, stop talking. We're recording this because this is a great topic and I really want to talk about this. So I've got two additional episodes lined up for you um, in the coming weeks here that are pretty cool with both Lauren and Savannah. Um, So yeah, enjoy. I think I start every episode with, and we're back. So I definitely need to stop. I, that was my gut reaction to do that this time. But you've been on the podcast now so many times that that's part of where it comes from. It's just, and we're back with Savannah. I decided that Savannah's going to be my co-host now because it's hard to keep up with episodes when I have to find a new person every single time. And I definitely don't want to have a podcast where it's just me talking because I've tried recording podcast episodes like that. And it's very weird to not have like the feedback of another person there. But we also are joined with us today. That was a weird way to phrase that (laughs) sentence. (laughs) We are joined by Lauren. 
today, who actually you've recorded a podcast episode with me once before, but I never released it because I decided I hated it. Not because of you and Amber being on it, but because I didn't like the things I said. It was, it was an episode, and maybe I'll recreate it another day, but it was an episode that I just got a little too ranty about it, and I just felt like the world doesn't need all that today. I don't even remember what. Things dog people hate. All things people hate. love to hate. Dog yeah. people love to hate. And I just like there. It was a hat. Like half of me was just really bored with it because I've already said all of those things so many times. Like talking about off-leash dogs and mm-hmm. uh, doodles and whatever. So I was bored with it. And I think we were all just really low energy that day. We were tired. It was in the summer too. It was hot, and we were sitting in, at the farm. And I was, like, a combination of, like, I don't really care about this, but let me rant about it anyways. And I'm, like, just wasn't really productive, so. And that was part of, like, the whole argument, too, of people like to just rant about things. Right. To rant about things. Right. So. Yeah, I definitely was, like, who cares about any of this? That's kind of the point. But, anyways, today we are maybe going to talk about the con- the topic that we plan to talk about. <laughs> Um, I kind of have reached a point where I don't even really want to tell you what the plan is because what if it unravels? So let's just, let's start and you can play a fun guessing game of what is the topic of this podcast episode. A little DIY, how would you interpret it? Yeah, the episode is about whatever you think it is. topic today. Well, yeah. We'll start with, uh, we ended our last, or our last podcast episode with Savannah was talking about potentially getting a second dog and that second dog potentially being Cody and you did a little week long trial with him. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Recap that experience. Yeah. So I brought him home thinking, even if I don't end up liking him, it'll be a good experience to see what two dogs is like in an apartment and with my current dog. And pretty initially, or like right off the bat, I was like, mm, I don't really think that this is the right fit for me, like the best fit that I could find. Um, and it helped me realize a lot of the things that I value about my current dog and the relationship that we built and kind of what I want out of another dog. But it was like a really fun experience because how often do you get to just like, borrow a dog right I mean people who like board dogs do but like this was specifically like I could keep you or I could get rid of you <laughs> right right so it was good um they got along ish um my dog Flora really wanted to play with him and he was more interested in trying to figure out a way to live inside my skin <laughs> um than paying any attention to her so I your dog. <laughs> yeah. I brought him home and we took a couple days to just like get acclimated and then we took a couple trips to like a park near my house that's like super fenced in and no one ever goes to. Um and then it was super snowy so we didn't like end up doing any like adventures together, but we did some training and yeah, it was nice to like handle a different dog and have a different dog in my space, but mm-hmm. I was ultimately like I don't like how this dog like functions basically <laughs> i don't know how to describe it's it it's just like not, he's not a good fit to the contrast between flora and 
Cody help you narrow down like what you are looking for? I just want to throw in a quick disclaimer that Cody is still a very nice dog. Oh, he's so nice. <laughs> there would be times where I would like just There's say nothing that. wrong with no. the way that dog functions. No, okay. Okay, you're right. I take that back. I take that back. There would be times where I would like he'd be sitting on the couch with me and I'd be like I like I love you. Like you're a good dog. And it's I, just a matter of taste. Yes, and like I want to love you and like I was like, I could see myself potentially keeping you around. But then I was like, but for like 12 plus years. Right. And in replacement of a different dog that might jive with me better. Right. Would I rather have you than a different dog? Yes. That's the best way of putting it. Because it's like, I don't have unlimited space to just get a bunch of dogs. Right. Like I have to be really choiceful about um, who my second addition is. And... Hannah made fun of me because she said this was like a very pet dog person thing to do, (laughs) but I really wanted them to play and have fun and like be friends and they just wouldn't. That was maybe like one of the favorite pieces of our conversations that we have where I was like, I'm going to say something that's going to offend you and it's supposed to, but not as much as you're probably going to be offended by it. I don't like really mean to hurt your feelings, but I hope you would take, you do feel a little bit annoyed with this yeah well I was I wasn't even annoyed because I was like god damn it (laughs) you're right and I can see myself like making mistakes I'm like probably having them be out too much together because I was hoping like okay this next interaction they're gonna be (laughs) she said she said it's kind of like when you hold two Barbies together and you're like and now kiss (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like okay you sit here you sit here that's nice right you like it. We're okay, now, now answer Lauren's question. I just wanted to put that out there because he is still available for adoption. Yes. And he is a very nice dog, objectively. I enjoy having him around. He's really easy for me to live with. Um, yes. But it's just a matter of taste. Yes, just like I think I want something a little bitchier and like a little more of a challenge. Like I realized that, <laughs> <laughs> which like if you've listened to other episodes, you're like, God damn it. Well, but also, like, he is that. It's just not in the way that you perceive those things. But anyways, answer Lauren's question. We can talk about that I already forgot about your voice. Can you say it again? The contrast between Cody and Flora, has it helped you start to narrow down traits you're looking for in your next step? Yes, I think so. Um, I think I'll be looking for something that just, like, I don't quite know how to articulate it still, but I I think the biggest takeaway for me is that I really like a dog that I have to put energy into to like build the relationship. Like we were talking about this earlier, where like mm-hmm. I want to earn the affection, mm-hmm. and like I like want I don't know if I'm like what's I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. What's the word? It's like anthropomorphizing yeah. or whatever the dog anthropomorphizing. Yeah. Yep. But I like the idea of working with a dog enough where like we have mutual understanding and mutual respect yeah like I have with Flora where like sometimes Cody would do something goofy and like she and I would just look at each other and be like she gets me (laughs) and that like that's tough because that is something that really takes time to develop yes and you were you had voiced that you wanted there to be a faster connection and 
And not, not not that I was like talking about you, but like I've talked about you. But you were talking about me. I wasn't like talking about you. <laughs> you're talking shit. Yeah. I wasn't talking shit. I was just talking about how it was going in a negative way. And other friends, you know, friends would reach out and ask how it's going, and. You know, so one of my friends was like, well, is that realistic? And I was like, absolutely it is. Like, every single person that even has worked with dogs professionally knows what it's like to meet a dog and go, huh, that's a, you're kind of a nice dog. Mm -hmm. And you like them. They might not even be your dog and you like them. Like, right out of the gates, you're like, I really enjoy you you being around. Like, I'm going to have fun while I get to train with you. I'm going to have fun while your dog, you're staying at my house and whatever. And it's okay to want to have a dog that you get excited by and but like so that initial spark is very superficial like there's just something it's a vibe it's whatever it's just very surface level I like being around you you're kind of fun I want to see what else is under the surface but that true bond can take years to build Mm -hmm. and like I would say that you and Flora are just scratching the surface of what it can be like to actually truly be a team with another yep. dog. And like I have that with Bauer. I would say of all my dogs, I have that that deep of a relationship only with one of them. Like I love all of them and I know them on a very deep individual level. But the only dog that I have that I look at and my heart like flutters is Bauer. And a huge reason why is because one, temperament wise and like vibe wise, he and I click really, really well. Like that dog was made for me. But we do shit together. Mm-hmm. Like we go out and we accomplish goals together. And then we like, we gear up to go do those things together. And then we decompress from those things together. So like my biggest bonding moment with him is like pulling the burrs out of his coat after a track and, and giving him a bath because he rolled all over a dead deer and all that. And so that, that takes a long time to create, but you get it. I mean, I have stuff like I have that bond with, well, it's not on the same level, but I have deep bonds with all of my dogs. It's just very different. Mm -hmm. So that stuff, that's the hard part where you don't know if you're going to get that with a dog ever. And some people, some people can live with not experiencing that. Like I didn't believe in that heart dogs were truly a thing until I met Bauer. I always thought that heart dogs were like, well, of course you like your dog. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only dog you've ever had. Of course you mm-hmm. love that dog. But I've never had a dog until Bauer where I was like, holy shit, I can never own another dog of the same breed because I will be constantly comparing dogs to you. Like every dog that comes after him is gonna be compared to him. Mm-hmm. Do I like you more than I like Bauer? Would I get in like, well, Bauer didn't do it that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's just a really chat. What do you, oh, he's just in the sun. That's what I was starting to think about too. And also the idea of having to go back to basics and like Cody is a really smart dog and knows a lot of things. But I think that was something that surprised me of like how much I take for granted that Flora just like gets yeah. in the house. Of like, just like before I open the door, you sit and you wait. Yep. And like, Cody could learn that in an instant, yep. like, if I wanted to. But it's just, like, the idea of, like, having to work on that, I was like, wow, okay, so I'd have to put in all of this work. And that was just something that I had not thought expecting. about a second yeah. thought. And yeah. it also made me appreciate her more. Right. But, it, yeah, that comes with time and putting in things. Right. And if you're not, like, super excited about that whole experience, 
then it's even more so like, well, why would I go through it if it doesn't sound fun to me? And I agree. Like, I think that's a big thing that people, when considering a second dog, don't really think about is how your current dog knows the routine, knows Mm -hmm. the rules, all that. And that, a lot of that stuff literally just takes time. Mm -hmm. Like it might not even take that much effort, but it does take time for a dog to learn, learn the ropes in a new environment. And so, but in the meantime, sometimes it just feels like absolute chaos and your whole routine is thrown for a loop and it doesn't, it's not an enjoyable experience unless you're super in love with it. Lauren, you just got a puppy. Mm-hmm. Talk about your second dog. You were also like a huge overthinker. I thought you were going to get to, like, I thought your second dog was going to, well, it kind of did, was going to be a dog that just like fell on your lap. And you're like, boom, that's the dog. Cause you could not narrow down what you wanted in the second dog. Uh, I kind of knew what I wanted, a general, a general vibe. But right. Like, Breed-wise. And then what kennel and all that. Yeah. Um, Do I want to have a puppy? No. Do I like (laughs) puppies? No, not really. Um, I ended up with a German short hair pointer, which is what I grew up with and around. Mm -hmm. And I do think I like poodle pointers better, Mm -hmm. but I also want to experience from puppy stage through, you know, the first couple of years of adulthood a short hair and kind of remind myself what they are mm-hmm. and um, it just happened that a breeder I know pretty well I saw um, a litter announcement for a particular stud and then I would prefer a puppy out of that stud and then mm-hmm. it would, in my head I would want one out of one of two females that she has and it was one of those females so mm-hmm. I was like well it's kind of now or never with right. him like it, he's six seven years old now yep these females are in their last mm-hmm. rounds and um so I just kind of was like all right <laughs> guess I'm getting a puppy mm-hmm. um and uh life hasn't really changed that much not really mm-hmm. um and I've done the puppy thing before with Rhett and with other people's puppies so it's not crazy but it's not something I typically enjoy until they start getting like six seven months old and you Mm -hmm. can start really kind of putting some obedience on them and watching them fully learn and grasp things Mm -hmm. and kind of be more responsible for themselves um because how old is she right now uh 18 weeks okay yeah i'm the opposite i love them like when they're fresh like right when they come Mm -hmm. home and they're just little like potatoes and you can bring them literally anywhere because they just plop around and they have no thoughts or feelings and they just get to run around and do dumb puppy shit all the time. I don't mind the screaming in the crates. and the, I mean, I do when it's happening. I get annoyed when it's happening. But I'm also just so used to my life, my routine, like, up and changing. It's been, I've had so many dogs, and I'm used to bringing client dogs in all the time. So, like, that kind of stuff doesn't phase me. Like, the chaos in the house and routine changes doesn't really phase me. But... I definitely, like, over the last few years, changed how I think about getting another dog. Like, this is the longest I have gone in my entire life, besides when I got my first dog, which was 23 whole years since (laughs) the last time I got a dog, because it was never. Um, 
this is a long t the longest time I've ever gone between getting dogs. And I don't have a plan for another dog. I mean, I have a loose plan, but people ask me all the time when I'm getting, getting another dog. I'm in no rush. Like I have no, I've never felt this way until the last couple of years. And it's because I finally know what I want. Like I know what I like. And for me, personality in a dog, in a puppy, because you can't really tell what they're gonna be like when they grow up anyways, personality doesn't really matter to me. Like I can just about drive with any dog as long as it's at this point when it's doing what I wanna do with it. So like for me, it's not gonna be like, which puppy has the best personality? It's just gonna be like, which one of you looks the cutest? <laughs> because I already know that the breeding is right, you know, like when they make this happen. I already know that the breeding is gonna be what I want it to be. And so that, at that point, it's just like, well, which one of you do I wanna look at for the next 15 years? And then whatever you turn into is, I'm gonna be down with that. When it's an adult dog, like I have had plenty of opportunities to take adult dogs that people have had. And I am much pickier then because you already know the personality. Mm -hmm. So in those situations, it's like, yeah, personality matters to me. But if I'm raising you from a puppy, you're going to be my buddy anyways. So well, it's a crapshoot. It could be the most right. friendly puppy and end up being And by the time I figure out dog. who you are, you're already yeah. my dog. So it doesn't change. Because okay. like Biggie, like if I met Biggie now, the way he is right now, I would not like that dog. <laughs> I would not care for that dog. I'd be like, get this fucking dog out of my house. But he's my dog. I love him. Like, we we came into that chaos together. And I, I'm also trauma bonded to that dog now. But, um, and like, even Ollie. Like, a lot of my dogs, it's like, why the fuck are you here? I like you, but what, what are, what's your point? What's your purpose? But then there's dogs like Cade. When I met Cade as a puppy... When he was four months old, I was like, fuck, this is my dog. Shit. And I was like, don't put it in the universe. Don't put it in the universe. This is somebody else's dog. They're not going to rehome him. Your training's going to work. Everything's great. They are fully capable. And then four months later, they were like, yeah, no, he's too much. We got to rehome him. And I was like, fuck. And the timing of it was actually really funny because I impulse got seven. And that was like around the same time that Cade was in my life, but wasn't my dog. And I was like, I remember going to work and looking at Cade and being like, shit, man, they better like you because I just got another dog. I can't have you anymore. And the day that I was, the day that the fight happened where I made the decision to put Seven down is when I got the email that they wanted to rehome him and wondered if I had any resources. And I was like, me, I am your resource. Mm -hmm. And I really like him, but... What's funny is he does a lot of shit that I don't like in dogs. Biggie too. But I just, I love him. Like, Kate does a ton of shit that just like, if it were somebody else's dog and they were doing that particular trait, I would hate it. Like what? He's grovelly. Like, not really grovelly, but like, he gets like sad boy body language a lot. And he will, he's the only dog that will avoid getting put back in his crate. And so he'll, I have to go out into the yard and get him. And when I, like, he'll sit there and be like, hi, I see you coming for me. And then right when I get within arm's length of him, he's like, bye. And then he just goes and sits in a different area. And it's fine because I can tell him to stay, but it's just annoying that he operates that way. 
And then when I reach to go grab him, like I've never, because why would you get pissed at a dog when they let you catch them? You know, I've never, ever. I have maybe been like frustrated in general when I've gone to pick him up, but I've never gotten on him about it. But every single time I go to get him, he's just like, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. I'm really sad. And he'll like come and shove his face in between my legs and be like, don't put me away. You don't have to. Look at me, I'm so nice. And his little tail is super low and like, no, I'm too sweet to go in a crate. I'm like, get in the fucking box. So that drives me crazy. Starting fights in my yard drives me crazy. Stealing shit. He is like, like clockwork. If you bring him in the house, he'll come in like, oh, everything's fine. I'm just happy to be here. And then all of a sudden I have a glove in my hand, my mouth. I'm like, where the fuck did you find that? And like, I don't know, but you can't take it from me now because I might bite you. And it's like, dude, like he's just sneaky. And yeah, so, but he's like, when I met him, he was cool and he's got a ton of drive and he's, he's really fun. But yeah, there's just certain traits about him that if I knew that he was going to grow into that, I probably would have thought twice about catching him or catching him, <laughs> keeping him. But that's the thing, like that... You just don't know. I think one of the com- that reminds me of one of the conversations we had over the past week of like, you mentioned that it's okay to get a dog knowing that you're not going to keep it forever, mm-hmm. which is such a foreign concept to me as someone who, you know, had one pet dog as a child. Mm-hmm. And like from the time we picked her up from like one of those backyard Amish breeders, mm-hmm. um, in southern Minnesota to like when she died when I was in college right like even when she was problematic like we never considered getting rid of her and I feel like all of my non like dog friends that have dogs right like they just have their dogs for life right so it was just like such an interesting concept to me where it's like you can have this dog for a few years and then get rid of it right that's like Atticus when I met Atticus Neither of you ever met him. But did you ever know him because you followed me on social media? Mm-hmm. So, ugliest dog I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? Yes. Hold on, His my dog's barking. Just kind of like, I will find pictures for you. I don't know. What kind of dog was he? Like a mutt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where did you get him from? He was a client dog. A client dog. Um, like most of my dogs, it was the same thing. It was a client dog that needed to be rehomed. They asked me if I would help. I took them thinking I was going to rehome them and then got excited that I had a new dog and kept them. And that's what I did with Finn and Roxy, except for the fact that they weren't client dogs. They were, yeah, you, but you still live here and you're on my couch right now. Um, I, those were from the clinic, but so he was a, German Shepherd Boxer some shit mix. And he was a super, super nice, good dog. And at the time, I only had... I didn't have Finn. Finn had recently died. I had Amos, Roxy, Ollie. And I had plans to get Kamikaze, but the litter I was waiting for didn't take... And so I was kind of in limbo waiting to see what the next option was going to be from that breeder. And Atticus 
came to me for training and I worked with him and I thought he was really annoying when I first met him. I don't know why when, I think I just like, there. I know that there was a period in my life when somebody, I just had like new dog fever. Like I just wanted a new experience. And so a lot of the times that I kept dogs was just because I was like, oh, new dog. Oh my God. I want to buy you a collar. I want to buy you a crate. I want to buy all this stuff. I want to choose a new name for you. Like it was just so exciting. And it was like, I mean, really what it was is that I was finally an adult and I could do whatever the hell I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's telling me I can't keep this dog? I'm going to keep this dog. And so Atticus came and, but a lot of my dogs were, except for Amos, were problems. Like they were challenges. And I was like, you know what? I deserve a really nice dog, like a really easy dog. I can have this easy dog. I don't need to give this dog away. And so I decided to keep him. And I even, like, I had my childhood best friend wanted him. And I, like, we were going to meet up for her to meet him. And I didn't know that she had already, like, fully committed to taking him in her brain and, like, took the couple weeks off work. Like, thought he was going to come home with her that day. It was a whole thing. And so I was like, you know what? I just can't let him go. I like having him around too much and whatever. She was really upset. And in hindsight, I was like, oh, shit, that sucks that I ended up rehoming that dog anyways. But so I had him for two years, and he was a nice dog. Like, he was just easy. There was nothing about him. Like, he was kind of annoying. He used to break out of crates, but he grew out of that. And he could jump the fence, but we figured that out. But otherwise, he was just like a super easy dog, not a single bad bone in his body. And when I moved up here, I... I think really all it was was just like reevaluating my future because I was in a serious, like I was entering into what I knew was going to be a serious relationship. Like I knew that I was going to be here for a while. And he, Kyle is super into dogs and he just had cash. We didn't get easy yet. And actually, cash and easy may, or um, Atticus and easy might have had some overlap. I don't remember exactly. So, but anyways, I think it was just that, like reevaluating my future. Mm-hmm. And I just started looking at him and I was like, I just don't feel it. Like, I just don't, you feel like somebody else's dog. Like, you do not feel like you, like I could just take your Olivia. I'm not really excited about you anymore. And so I put him up and I was like, I'm just putting feelers out, like considering rehoming this dog. And people were coming out of the woodwork. Like, oh my God, I love him. I want him. I want him. It was actually my the the guy I was dating before Kyle. And we had my old business partner was our mutual friend. That's how we met, kind of. And um so he asked her, because we were like freshly broken up, because there's only I don't love admitting this, but there was only two weeks between him and Kyle. But I only dated that guy for like six months too. So and it wasn't it wasn't the same. But and I was dating online, so it's like you don't really get to control when you match with people. You know, if it works, it works, and you can't be like, hold on, it's not socially appropriate for me to date yet. It's only been two weeks. But anyways, so it was pretty fresh between when we broke up, like, months. And so he reached out to my old business partner and asked, like, do you think it'd be weird if I asked Hannah if I could have Atticus? And so then she asked me, would it be weird if he took Atticus and I was like 
no, that's perfect because I already knew the guy. I knew his routine. I knew his lifestyle. I knew his dog really well. And his dog was a nice dog, but it was just weird enough that not every single dog that he could introduce to that dog would get along with it. And Atticus gets along with every dog that he meets. And I was like, this is perfect. And he's kind of like a unique guy. So he, and he's kind of into like weird stuff. Like he liked Atticus cause he was weird looking. And I'm like, it's perfect. Cause everyone else thinks he's ugly, but you find charm in that. So this mm-hmm. is perfect. So I rehomed him and I have no idea, but I think that everything's going well. Um, obviously I don't keep super in touch because he's my ex-boyfriend, but I trust him. So I don't really need to worry about it. But, and I know that like everything he knew, cause my former business partner, the reason he knew her was because that was her dog trainer, his dog trainer. And so I'm like, I trust the person that taught you things. So yeah. everything you know is good. But yeah, I just, it didn't, I didn't click with him anymore. And so I decided to rehome him. And then I've toyed with the idea of possibly finding new homes for some of the other dogs but I've been de- I'm deeper into relationships with those dogs than I ever was with Atticus. Like I only had Atticus for two years. But like when I think about Ollie, does he necessarily need to be here? No. Like he's not really he's not serving any serving any purpose to me. Um, and, and he's also not a dog that somebody else couldn't handle. Safely. Right. Right. And same with Roxy. Like, they've both come a long way, like, matured a lot, that they're pretty easy to live with for the most part. Um, But when I actually started thinking about it, actually what did it for me is when I was kind of, like, showing them. Like, I was one of our group training friends is considering a second dog as well. And I was, she was here and I brought out Ollie for her to meet and was like campaigning Ollie to her. And then I brought out Roxy and I felt like a salesperson, like, okay, and now here's Roxy and here's what you should know about her. And then I brought out Brew and I was like, here you go. Here's everything we got. And after that, I was sitting here and I was thinking about like, what would it feel like if she came to training with my dog? And I was like, hmm. That's weird. I can't imagine that. Like, it would be really, really hard for me. It'd be one thing if I, like, rehomed them to somebody that I trusted and then they went and worked with somebody else. Yeah. And I trusted that. Like, if I rehomed them to another dog trainer and they just were, like, doing their thing. But to have them come into my home to train with me and do stuff with me, I think it would be really, really hard for me to let that go. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't, I don't trust her at all but it would just like I wouldn't have the opportunity to let it go because they'd be in my home all the time and but all like not even that like the image in my head made me like very upset to think about my dogs being somebody else's dog and I realized that I was just way too sentimental about them that I can't and they're old like Ollie I raised from I got him when he was six months old, but I knew him. I met him when he was three months old and was his dog walker. So I saw him every day for the first three months of his life. And then he came to live with me and created the dog that he is today. Like he grew into who he is today with me. 
Same with Roxy. I got Roxy when she was just under two years old, and she's eight now. So like we create like we came into that together, and it's just really challenging for me to wrap my head around. And sometimes I think about like I have the same feeling of like I'm picking them over a different dog that I could potentially have. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I had an open kennel space, I could have a different dog that you know, would get me into new stuff and, and in the direction that I want my life to go in. But I would, I pick them right now. So. Are you guys going to take a nap or what? No. Sorry for being an active listener. Um, What do you think? Like, if someone is considering adding another dog to their house, aside from, I think I've asked you this question before, but, like, aside from knowing what they want out of the dog, like, what are some other things you think that they might not be prepared for or should consider? Like, how their dogs get along and, like, how to introduce them or, like, where, like, space-wise they're going to put the dog, like... I don't know. I think the biggest thing is you just really have to be open to everything changing like what would you say I feel like my life didn't change that much (laughs) (laughs) but you're used to having dogs around that and I purposely got a dog that already matches what I do with my current dogs right my life doesn't change that much yeah she's not getting me into anything new Mm -hmm. not really yep um so my routine and my activities stay the same yep Mm -hmm. yeah it is definitely harder when you're adding a dog in for a different purpose than what you're already doing. And just like, for me, one thing that I'm, th- just in general, having dogs of very different like temperament types and energy levels and all that is challenging in general. Whether I think if you have two dogs or 10, but, like, I'm finding that with my old dogs now. Like, it's hard now. Like, those two, Amos and Roxy used to be, like, my easy keepers. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have to do a whole lot. Except for Roxy's, like, you know, stranger danger and barkiness. I didn't really have to worry about wherever. Like, I could take them for a walk off leash and I wouldn't have to worry about where they were. Mm-hmm. Because Roxy listens really well. And Amos isn't going to do anything wrong. Like, he wanders and whatever. But now that they're getting older, like Roxy had a a weird health scare a couple weeks ago that I had the image in my head of like, shit, we're in old dog land of like, I have to be waiting on her. And every time she wants to get up from a down, like she's not there yet, but in the future, she might have a hard time getting up and I have to stabilize her and like be a part of that. And Amos is very physically healthy, but his I can tell that his brain has changed. Like, the way he thinks about life has changed a lot. He opened his eyes. <laughs> um, and, like, now, he used to be the type of dog that I never had to worry about where he was mm-hmm. because he would always come back around. And recently, he stopped coming back. Whether it's because he is content to keep going or can't figure out where he is and doesn't come back, But, like, I lose him now, and that's never been a thing for me. And so it's really hard for me to switch gears, and now I have, like, a new rotation of dogs that I'm used to rotating dogs because they don't get along. 
But now I have a whole new rotation of dogs of like, these are the ones you have to be careful with because they're breakable, they're fragile, they're, they might be getting sick or they're senile and they're going to wander away and not know how to come back and all that. And I know having dogs like, like my pet dogs versus my shepherds versus Bauer versus the bird dogs, like they do so many different things and they kind of have different like categories, you know, that those, that's just a lot to have a lot of different dogs. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while people will ask me like, what kind of dog would you want if it wasn't one of the breeds that you have? And like, I don't, I, that's too many things. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't have any more dogs that are doing different stuff because even if we're not talking about Schutzen anymore, because I don't do that with the shepherds, we still have like Bauer needs shit to do and the bird dogs have shit going on. Mm-hmm. And I went, and then I also just have dogs in general that just need to do dog things. And I can't take on like, like I think stock dogs are super cool, but I can't just like adopt also the lifestyle of somebody that has a herding dog that takes them to herding practice. It'd be like you getting like an iguana or something. Yes, it would be like somebody the other day asked me if I would ever get rats again and teach barn hunt again. And I'm like, it was so much harder to have rats than I expected it to be because I had to take care of them. And they're not, I can't just throw them out in the yard with the dogs. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could. I could, but then I wouldn't have rats. And so it was like, and I had to create and rotate my rats from my terrier. (laughs) So it was, I was like, no, I, I mean, I liked having rats, but it was just, and I liked teaching barn hunt and I have space for it. I could do it again, but I would need to like pay somebody to drive out here and care for my fucking rats because I can't. Right, I can't, I can't take that on. Well, Kyle could do it. No, (laughs) no, he, this isn't a dig at him, but he doesn't even take care of the dogs. Not because he does like, (laughs) it's not a dig. He took care of his dog when it was just him and his dog. It's not like he's a bad dog owner. It's just that why would he when I'm doing it? Yeah, a lot of dogs. (laughs) It's a lot of dogs. And, and that's the thing, like. I've had people, not anymore, but in the early phase of our relationship, people would ask, like, how does that dynamic work? Like, does he take care of, like, does he let out and feed his dog? And I'm like, no, I'm already letting out seven of them. What's one more? (laughs) Like, I'm taking care of all the dogs. But I also, you know, have a different schedule and a different lifestyle where I have more time to do the things that need to be done anyways. So I take them to the vet and I buy their food and plan for that stuff and clean the crates and all that crap. That's just how the, 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 uh, division of labor kind of works out. He has a job that he goes to and I take care of the dogs, but, um, why was I talking about any of that? I was asking you what you think like people might not expect when they add another dog to their house. Yeah. I think just go ahead. I'm curious about how, you have introduced your dogs to each other. Oh. You know, when you have a new addition to the house. Because I think I've seen people who, and I know, I think it was Jamie said that her two dogs never met Bubba for a while. Three months in. Well, we also, in the same way that I had like some nerves about Brew just because of the type of dog, like just the way he looked, she felt the same way about Bubba for a while. Sure. And she also had some. 
previous experience. Previous experience yeah. that just made her nervous around a new big dog like that. Yeah. Which I is the same reason why it's like wrong. Or I was just yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But that's that's mainly why. Yeah. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a, this is how I introduce all dogs. It was sure, like, sure, I'm sure. going to be super careful with this guy because he looks like he it's can fuck some shit up. backfire going too no. slow. Yeah. Too fast. Right, right, right. Fuck some shit up. A lot of my stuff, a lot of my introductions were really slow, though. I Except for really slow. Like, Bauer, it was years before I tried to acclimate him to the other dogs. Mm. Like, I lived years thinking that he would never live with the other dogs. And then one day I was like, I'm going to see what happens. And I was thinking about it the other day where I was like, I wonder if I still need to be keeping him as separate from the shepherds as I am. But I want, like, I wonder if, cause I was surprised at how well he acclimated. I don't want to touch it. I would rather, I would rather live the rest of both, all of those dogs lives crating and rotating than deal with what could happen if it goes wrong. But um, I have been toying a lot with the idea of like just getting them to the point where they're a little bit more desensitized to the existence of each other, like putting the shepherds in downs and walking Bauer past them on a leash if I ever need to, but makes my stomach flop thinking about them breaking it down because the last time that Kazi was ever loose with him, which was almost three years ago, she hated him. Like they would not... It was on site. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to find out where my e-collar e fails <laughs> with kamikaze. I, I think it would be fine. I really do. Like, I really rationally think it would be fine, but my past experience makes that too nervous for me. I think even with him being in the barn and then, like, getting used to smelling each other and stuff, it would still maybe even be up in the That's air. worse because of the barrier. Like, uh, there are times where I might even go, like, Bauer, get over here. While I'm in the barn, and Bauer's in the barn, and Kazi's in her crate, and there's a blanket covering her crate, and she hears me say Bauer, and she'll, woo, 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 woo. Sure. And I can't tell if she's doing it just because she can tell that I'm talking to a dog, and she can just hear, like, the, you know, nails on or the floor. Like, That's my arch or if she's like, it's fucking Bauer, or if she can smell him, or what. Like, I can't say for sure that she knows his she name. Knows the sound of his feet. Yeah, it could be. But she, and it's not every single time, but it has happened. And yeah, I like one time she even bit me, which it was stupid. I don't know why I did. I mean, I did it because I thought this dog would not bite me. And then <laughs> she did. But I was, one of my old van setups had Bauer in a crate stacked on top of Kamikaze's crate, mm -hmm. but his door went the opposite direction as hers. So she was barking at the back of her crate while I was putting Bauer in the front of his crate on top of her. And the little tiny holes that are in the back of the Rufflin, she was like all up in those holes. And I stuck my hand in to be like, hey. And she just like, and like shredded my finger. Like literally went whoosh right down my finger and I was gushing blood. And that was the day, this is so funny. That was the day that I was like, oh, I can for sure bring 10 dogs to Chuck and Don's and do the self-service dog wash on 10 dogs. This will not be chaotic oh at all. God. And Bauer was my first bath. And I went there first thing when they opened up and I told them, I've got dogs that like, I, I begged and pleaded for them to open up their second door that they have that goes straight in because I said I have dogs that don't do well with other dogs. And... 
it would be so much easier if I could just shoot right in and not have to go through the store. And they're like, we can't do that. And I was like, I'm paying you like $150 to bathe these fucking dogs and you can't unlock a goddamn door that you can see from the counter. But anyways, so I had to bring the dogs through. And so we had already kind of had that conversation, you know, and then she was like, oh yeah, my dog doesn't like dogs either. And we just had like a little, yeah, <laughs> like kind we're of moment. And same, but we're not. Where I'm like, oh, there's a difference between yours and mine. But so anyways, I went in, rushed Bauer super quick. And I was like, I'll just bring the really wild ones in first. And she came in and she's like, someone else is here for a bath. And I was like, damn it. And she goes, I know. And so, but she's like, what am I going to do? I can't tell him no. So Bauer, I'm like holding him down with all my might or holding his collar with all my might. And I'm like hosing off the shampoo as this dog's walking in. And he's just like, every limb is wrapped around me, screaming his head off. And I had to haul him out, sopping wet. As soon as all the shampoo was off of him, hauled him out to the car. And then Kazi did that shit and shredded my finger. And I wrapped it in my hoodie like this, like in the fabric of my hoodie by my by the pocket. And grabbed Cade. And I was like, I'm going to do Cade next. Oh. And walked in. And he gets in there, and he's like, fuck everybody in this goddamn building. And he's pulling on his leash everywhere. And I'm trying not to expose the fact that I have blood pouring from my hand. Go into the bath, the white porcelain bathtub, and there's just blood pouring everywhere as I'm trying to bathe this dog. And I I did everybody. No way. It was the worst experience I've ever had. I don't know why I thought that that was going to be normal. Why did you go home? Because I already paid. I had to do everybody. I paid $150 to bathe all these dogs, and I don't know why they did not need baths that bad. They didn't need baths. But anyways, so Kazi and Bauer, like, no. So, but anyways, with most of the dogs, I mean, back in the day when I just had the the few, it was pretty easy. But when I got into getting more dogs like with Bauer when I acclimated him and like what I started with Brew is they were crated and rotated for a while but like with Cody I didn't do this Cody had a couple of days while he was crated and rotated just because he was somebody else's dog and he was here for training and I don't introduce client dogs to my dogs Mm -hmm. pretty much ever but I knew that I was trying to rehome him and so I wanted to see what he was like and all of my dogs are much better mating dogs than they've ever been because they're older now. And, but the system is pretty much the same. I will bring, I'll put the other dogs on e-collars and send them out the door and they'll just be loose. And I bring the new dog out on a leash. And we start just by, like, with Brew, I just took him for a walk while the other dogs, and I can, for the most part, just with a verbal alone, tell my dogs to fuck off if they come in to investigate a dog before I'm ready for them to investigate it. But otherwise, it's just like, okay, you guys are sniffing, and I keep the leash, leash loose, and then I graduate to them um, dragging the leash, and then eventually the leash comes off. And I just know my dogs really well, too, that I know, like, like with Bauer, it was more of a process. Like the first couple times it was me bringing him out for potty breaks on leash while they were all pottying on their own. And there were a couple times where Roxy, because Roxy and Bauer have a weird relationship where they're friends, but they will fight. Um, and she came in and she wanted to like, like pounce on him. And 
both times I just said no and she ran, you know, turned and went off. And so then it, then it turned into like long line walks where I'd start him shorter and eventually let the slack out. And they just didn't care about him. Like they didn't care about him. He didn't care about them. And so I just would let him do a little more, do a little more. And eventually it got to the point where they were running off leash, but I didn't want every single time that I brought him out to be that he, like, I didn't want him to think that he was going to be around dogs every single time. And I also was just really nervous that that many dogs loose would eventually lead to somebody getting pissed off and then I'd have a whole fight because I have dogs that will get in on it like I'll have a whole for lack of a better word pack fight just because someone's a little nosy like even yesterday when I was giving Cade a nail trim and he is the only dog I have that's really bad for nail trims and we had to muzzle him and like Kyle had to hold on for dear life Roxy was on the couch and she saw Cade turning up and she got up and was like are we fighting that dog? And I was like, let it down. And she's like, I, we might be fighting that dog. Do you want me to fight that dog? And I was like, no, we do not need that. Like, okay, I'll just, I'll stand by. But you, you like, her know. pupil is like, boom. She was like, oh, shit. We're kicking that dog's ass. And like Ollie, the other day I had a, my very first fight with Brew. I shouldn't even really call it a fight. It was more like a scuffle. But Cade being the asshole that he is, didn't stop when I told him to stop. And Brew was not doing anything truly wrong. He did not deserve to be yelled at. But when Cade told him to fuck off, then he was like, well, fuck you, man, too. And then Ollie got involved. So Ollie does that. And so that made me nervous. I didn't want to be out in the middle because I've had that happen where this makes it sound like my dogs fight all the time. This is, these memories are over the course of like years. Mm -hmm. But one time I was out and this was when Cade and Biggie, Cade and Biggie are only like a couple months apart in age. Biggie is younger. And one time I had, I had kept the shepherds kind of separate from the big group for a bit. And so Kazi didn't really know Cade super well, but I didn't anticipate that she would have any issues with him. And she didn't really, but Biggie was being annoying, shocking. And... Cade finally hit a point. I think they were both like under a year. I got Cade when he was eight months old, so they were between eight months and a year. Cade finally had had enough, and he turned around, and he just kind of like, nah, 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 at Biggie. And Biggie, for some reason, decided, huh, I'm going to fight you. And had never had any, like, had never fought a dog before. But it wasn't really a fight. But Kazi came in and grabbed Cade and was causing a whole fucking ruckus. And Biggie just left. Biggie was like, okay, bye. I'm like, bro, you started this and now this poor dog is getting his ass handed to him by an adult dog because your fucking ass decided you're going to start fighting. And so I had to, but I was like in, I was out. I was away from the barn and I had dogs everywhere. And so I grabbed Cade. And once, like, the thing about my dogs is, like, if they're going to scuffle, as soon as you break them up, they're done. Like, they're not going to go back at it. But they will kind of be like, oh, something happened. And so, and, you know, like I said with Roxy, like, she'll get nosy and she'll kind of want to jump in a little bit or Ollie will want to jump in. So I was carrying Kate or collared Kate and was walking him back and they would come around like sharks. Like, can we kick that dog's ass? 
And it just brings out, a, it just brings it out of them, like a big commotion like that. And so I can, for the most part, keep them off with just like, get out of here, that kind of like shoo them away. And they'll just kind of saunter off like, what's going on? But I just don't, it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And so with Bauer, I started doing smaller groups where I'd bring him out with, you know, Ollie and Roxy. I don't remember exactly how I did it, but I'd bring him out with Cash and Easy because they got along right away. Um, and then like Ollie and Roxy for a little bit. And then just, then I'd like feather Cade in a little bit, like a couple of little experiences with Cade, but not every time Cade's there. And so I would play around with it like that until I got to the point where I felt pretty comfortable that he did not care. And, and is this over the span of like weeks, days, months? Hmm. It was probably weeks at that point. Um, but I never, and I still never drop my guard that the possibility that that dog's going to fight a dog is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like he and Roxy got into it a, like a year ago because I was sending them all in. I used to be able to let them out for potty breaks together and they were coming back in to their crates, but it was mealtime. So the energy was just higher and it was her, Ollie and him, Bauer, and then Cade was out in the yard, but he came in when it all started, and they just literally just bumped into each other funny. They just bumped into each other funny. I don't know who sassed who first, but all of a sudden she's on top of him, and he's scrambling, and I mean fighting, but she's just bigger, and then Ollie's trying to jump in, and Cade's in the back just barking, and I had to grab Ollie, because Ollie will grab and shake, and Roxy had Bauer by the neck, and I knew just I didn't think that one dog shaking your neck and one dog shaking your back when you're only 19 pounds is probably not the move. And so I grabbed him, shoved him in a crate, kicked Kate out, like out out into the no fence area, and their fight, Roxy and Brew, no, Roxy and Bauer went into the kennel run out the dog door so I had to go out and around and went in and as soon as I pulled them apart they were like whatever well Roxy was all shook up but so it's like I still know that the possibility is always there Mm -hmm. it's truly there with all of my dogs except for Amos and easy probably and very low chance with Kate uh Cash whatever god damn I have too many names I have too many dogs with the same first letter now Bauer Brew Biggie Cade and Cash. Cody. Cody. I was going to try to make a TikTok. I just can't figure out what I want the video to be. But the concept is that 50 Cent when he's like, looked at the computer and it said, fuck me, T.I., fuck Nelly, fuck 50. And I was like, what does it fuck me for? And I was going to do a TikTok where it's like, I'm trying to yell at one dog and I say the wrong dog's name. But I can't figure out what I want the video to look like for that. But that's the sound that goes through my head every single time. The one dog looks at me like... Why are you mad at me? I'm like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Bauer. Mm-hmm. But anyways. How did you introduce Rhett and Zoe? Mm, for the first like two days, I pretty much kept them separate just because Rhett's super stable. He's not going to do anything. The worst he could do is take offense to a puppy and like growl at it. Right. Um, so I trust him. But 
um, mainly I just didn't want to overwhelm her because he, if he decides he wants to play, he likes to roll on top of other mm-hmm. dogs, and she was so little. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I swear to God, if you break this puppy's leg, I will have to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I just wanted to make sure that he was more neutral about her. So like they met through the fence and everything, because I have two different yards at my house. But, um, and he doesn't have any like barrier stuff, so I know that about him. Mm-hmm. So once he was like less interested in, oh my gosh, there's this dog in my yard, there's this puppy in my yard. Then I just let them out in the big yard together, and he just took off like he does normally and mm-hmm. ignored her for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first few weeks, for the most part, they didn't really play or anything other than every once in a while she'd chase him around the yard. But mm-hmm. as she's gotten bigger, I've let them roughhouse a little more just because I know him. I know I can call him off, and actually she calls off pretty well too surprisingly once puppies get to the point where i'm like you don't look as breakable yeah then i'm like do whatever the fuck you want yeah but my like all of my dogs are really good with puppies and with puppies i literally just throw them out there i'm just like there you are you're part of this group now with the bird dogs it's the same thing with those dogs i'm just like here this dog lives here now the end (laughs) the other um the only thing i worry about like like, I have no concerns that Cash or Easy would ever have an issue with Brew. Like, Brew got acclimated to the dog, the big group, while Cash and Easy were in Kansas. And so he hasn't spent a ton of time with them. Mm-hmm. And Easy is just a lot. Like, he just is, like, not like he plays hard, but just in existence. Like, when he is outside, He's he like is red. running. He's just one of those dogs that dogs can take offense to just existing. Yes. And so... I worry that Brew's going to get kicked up into a high state of arousal because mm. Easy's just buzzing around. So he, they have been out on walks together, like when I take them out on the in the property, but I haven't put Brew out in the potty yard with them yet. Sure. Just because if, if Easy was just like, oh my God, hey man, and started like buzzing around the yard, I can't, I wouldn't be surprised if if Bauer just like, I mean, Brew. Brew got overstimulated by that and wanted to grab him. Because, like, even Biggie, one time I had Biggie out playing fetch and Kyle got Easy out to go do some pigeon work with him. And Easy just, like, boom, ran past us. And when he came around for a second pass, Biggie ran up and just, like, grabbed him and pinned him and gro- was, like, growling at him but just looking at him like what the fuck are you <laughs> and easy was like hey i'm easy okay you know i ran into an issue when i was introducing because we introduced cody and flora here outside mm-hmm. and they like played pretty well together like there were a couple of times where they like got a little snarly because i think they were both well flora's just the way that she is yeah and they're both like super stoked about running around and like doing dog things Mm -hmm. but I had to keep catching myself when I would introduce them in my apartment because Flora was so excited she's like holy shit there's a dog here you're here to play with me Mm -hmm. we're gonna have so much fun I'm gonna we're gonna like roughhouse all these things and Cody was like I have to like get used to things and like even though he'd been in the house for a few days and like had his run like just been able to explore a bunch of things he was still like, I don't really want to play with you. Right. And I was like, but, but look, she's she's being so fun. She wants to play with you, Cody. Go play with her. It's funny because I would be 
like if I were in your situation, I would be doing everything in my power to prevent those dogs from playing in my apartment. <laughs> I would be like, Flora, get on your fucking place cot and don't fucking move from this place cot while Cody is in this room because you are not, we are not playing in this house. Some dogs don't like to play in tight spaces either. Right. He's just, yeah, and he also didn't want to play with her outside, so I think it was just, like... She's a lot. I'm, like, they're, like, when I said, when you sent that video and I said he tolerates her really well, there's a lot of dogs that wouldn't. She's a lot. She's a lot. My dogs would fucking smoke her. Like, yeah. They would not, that would not be an easy introduction. That would not be a dog where I'd be like, yeah, they're fine, throw them in. Like, it was with Cody, I was just like, yeah, he'll be fine, throw them in. With Flora, it would not be like that at all. There would be a lot of yelling and management on my part of me, like, making sure my dogs give her a wide fucking berth because mm-hmm. they wouldn't tolerate a lot of that. But that's the thing. Like, it gets easier the more you do it, too. Like, I can... I know my dogs super well at this point. And that's not to say that they won't surprise me. Like, they're still individuals and they can't talk. So there are definitely things going on inside their brain that I don't know. But for the most part... If anything happens that I'm like, oh, well, that happened. That's not really what I had hoped. Usually it's like, but that doesn't surprise me that that happened. Like, "Mm, I just didn't think about that particular thing happening and triggering that response. But since that did happen, not not totally surprised by that. Or stuff will happen like Kate and Bruce starting a scuffle over a toy. Stuff like that will happen where I'm like, I know that this is a risk. And I'm managing it, but I'm not surprised that my management wasn't enough in that situation. Where I had control over the situation until it had just been going on a little bit too long and I couldn't end it fast enough. And that's what pushed it over into a scuffle. But I know my dogs pretty well that I can meet a dog and be like, yeah, I know you can't, you can't be friends with my dogs. Maybe some, but uh, no, you can't. Mm-mm. So do you think it's more... You base decisions on that when you create and rotate versus do more like heavy-handed management? Or is it like your tolerance for, I don't know, I'm trying to word this question. Like how do you decide when enough is enough and you're like, no, you just can't be together? When they can't, like when they want to fight. Like when it's, like if I have dogs that, like Bauer and the other dogs, I would say... 89.9% of the time get along just fine Mm -hmm. where I don't worry. Um, But like even last, like easy and Bauer, buds, bros, Mm -hmm. buddies. But last night when we brought the bird dogs in and Amos and Roxy and Bauer were all in here, the bird dogs were just jacked to be inside. And for whatever reason, Bauer was like really bothered by it. But I was actually really impressed that he was showing a lot of self-restraint, that he was like sitting on the couch just like, "Ah, ah," and like shaking because he wanted to get involved and tell those dogs to fuck off, I think. Um, But he actually did jump off the couch and ran after easy wants. And I was able to verbally call him off, which was also really impressive to me. because he likes the dog, you know, like he doesn't really, he wasn't really trying to, but he was going over there to correct him. And it's like, that's a dog that he's buds with, but it was enough in the, like the chaos of being in the house. He was not into it or like he loves Roxy, but 
he's like if they both went to go sniff a piece of kibble that fell while I was preparing their meals they would very likely fight over that like that wouldn't surprise me if that happened so if they but if they can't like if they like the shepherds and Bauer it would take a lot of work to get to the point where I felt like I had control over that situation like a lot of like repetitions of me seeing it with my own eyeballs that these can be these dogs can be around but I don't think that they could be like loose together I think they could be next to each other in downs. Like if Bauer was on a leash and I had full physical control over him, I think my shepherds could maybe be able to hold a down, but they would be super like stressed that whole time. They'd be like chomping at the bit to break the down. So those dogs, I don't want to play that game. Um, but if otherwise, if it's just like, uh, and I, I do have dogs where I'm like, I feel like you probably are fine, but I just don't want to deal with what might happen if you're not fine. Like, I don't want to manage you. Then I'll keep them separate. Like, Brew, for a really long time, I had no reason to really think that, besides what his breed mix was, like what he physically looked like, I had no reason to believe that dog was going to fight dogs. And I still kept them really separate because I was like, I just don't really want to see what happens. And I just don't really want to pry a 65-pound bully breed mix off a dog again. That doesn't sound like a good time to me. So um, there's a lot of, there's situations where I'll keep dogs separate just for convenience too because I don't want to have to manage them. Mm -hmm. And most of my dogs get along so well that I don't have to manage them hardly at all. Like there's still, like Cade and Ollie have scuffled and would scuffle and so I know like when they're in the house if they go to drink water next to each other like if they both go in to drink water together I have to be there to be like no you're not gonna do that but it's less of a risk and also the fight is a lot less serious so I'm less afraid of it I just don't want to deal with it Mm -hmm. so that's it too I don't have my dogs out together very often in the house just because Rhett can even if he doesn't want to play or if he's like being a dick about a certain toy he can very easily be convinced to play sure and she'll just keep convincing him and I would like her to actually figure out that no no you relax in the house this Mm -hmm. is not chase and play time yeah I don't tolerate any roughhousing in my house Mm -hmm. I don't even like it like um Bauer and Roxy will have like a, like Roxy just stands. Roxy is weird, but she'll just, she likes the attention, but she doesn't look like she wants to be there because she's not really playing, but she'll just stand there and like let a dog with Bauer. It's like he's standing up and wrapping his little arms around her and like flicking her ear with his nose. And then he'll get down and throw his ass into her. And she just kind of stands there with her head up like this. But if he walks away, like if I call him away, she'll go over to him and stand by him, like do that thing to me again. <laughs> and then every once in a while, she'll just like paw at his head, like just put a paw and just squash him like a little bug. And he's like doing all these little turns and flips and checks and bites and whatever. But they'll play like bitey face on the couch and on the bed. And it's super, super low movement, though, is kind of what I'm getting at. And quite, fairly quiet. And I even hate that. That's what I'm trying to promote. Like, if you want to be friendly with each other yeah. and mess around a little bit, that's fine. But if it reaches a certain 
I have a certain threshold for the energy level in the house. Yeah. And then one of you is going in the crate or both of you are going yeah. outside. If it's on the bed and I'm on the bed and you are shaking the bed, you're done. Yeah. Or same with the couch. Like, if you're touching me while you're playing, get off the couch. Go play on the floor. But, yeah, it's like if you're standing in one spot and only your mouths are doing things, that's one thing I can handle. But I do not like – but I also don't even like dogs, like, pacing around my house. Like, when my new do- where when my dogs come in – with my new rotation schedule, I feel a little bad because I'm like, you're laying in a crate all day unless I'm at, you're in the house and or outside. And so I kind of, I get why you want to move your body so bad, but lay the fuck down in this house. Like, lay down. Mm-hmm. And so, but luckily all my dogs know place for the most part. So that makes it a lot easier so they can still be out and I could, and that helps me like tolerate them a little bit longer not being on place because I know when I hit my cap I can just tell them to go lay down and they will but yeah I don't like a lot of rough housing in the house I feel like I introduce dogs to each other going back to that topic very differently than how like the internet tells people to introduce dogs like I have never once in my life introduced dogs by going for a walk together really no I think that's silly I don't think that really does anything I think part of it is, though, is, like, speaking to the general public that yeah. would literally just let a dog like Flora bulldoze yeah. into a house with a dog like Bowie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I introduced... So step-by-step instruction. Yeah. yeah, or, like, you mentioned, like, the fence and yeah. how Rhett doesn't... Like, you had the disclaimer, like, Rhett doesn't have barrier aggression. I introduce dogs through fences all the time. I, I would... I want a fail-safe. Like, I want something stopping you from getting to each other and i'll even have a dog on a leash bad offense you know what that makes me think of you might have to cut this out but there's a place in town that um for like a reactive dog class mm. will have like have you hold the dog down with mm, the butt. Mm-hmm. and they have like a x-pen an x-pen but it's not attached to anything yeah like i could just tap it and it would fall yep but it's in between the dogs and like this is to keep everybody safe. It's like, <laughs> bro, that X-Pen ends in, like, five feet. Like, yeah. they could be at each other I in also think it's just weird, like, physically restraining a dog. Like, yeah. Here, other dog, come sniff, sniff this, this dog's butt. That wants Would, to fuck you up a little bit. Which is funny because, like, that aspect is such a small, like, the sniffing of the butt is such a small, minuscule little piece of everything that goes into a dog-dog relationship mm-hmm. that... It's like, that is not the piece that's missing from these dogs' social experience. <laughs> like, oh, they just haven't had a chance to sniff that dog's butthole. Let's give him that, and then he will no longer want to fight that dog. Yeah, I remember being like, this can't be right. Yeah. I know I'm not a professional, but... It's tough because when I first heard about that class, I was like, you know, in that particular company in general is very much like, just give the people what they want. And when I was teaching reactive dog classes a lot of people would say like, so at what point do our dogs get to meet? Or I'll get clients that want to board dogs and be like, how do you handle introductions with dogs that don't like other dogs? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? You You pay me $40 for your dog to stay here and you think I'm going to take this dog I don't know and introduce it to another dog while it's here for two days? Hannah did that with Flora, and I was like, that's so nice of you. Well, there's times there you read it. Like, she knew Flora before you... 
that's different. But, but like, I'm saying, like, I saw that, and I was like, you do not have to do that. Like, that is very kind of you, but, like... It's easier for us away. if the dogs get along. Like, it's easier for me to have sure. Cody when I can let Cody out in the yard with all my other dogs, but when I... But that's a different situation because Cody has been here for a while. But with a dog that's going to stay here for a weekend, I'm not going through the trouble and the potential risk to introduce them to other dogs, but that's what people want. They think that for some reason I have like special dogs and a special magic process that makes that better. And like, do I have a better process? Like, could I go about introducing that dog to dogs better? Sure. Like, do I, am I more experienced in that than you are? Yes. But my dogs are not any different. And I also don't want to subject my dogs to your dog. (laughs) Like, I don't want to run the risk of your dog hurting my dogs or vice versa because your dog's a dick and my dogs don't tolerate that. But, But the people want dogs to meet. And so, and it's really, really, really challenging, especially in a class setting with this, with the demographic that tends to, like I would say the, not every single person, but like the main demographic of that company because it's so easy to get in there. It's just like, it's almost not different than going to fucking PetSmart. You know, like it's just at this point, it's becoming like, that's just the go-to. That's like the step down. That's like the almost more privately owned than going to a big box store. Mm -hmm. And so the demographic of people, they don't care. They don't really want to fix it. They just like, oh, it's an issue. Sign up for a class. I guess the dog just needs training. And so it's hard to convince those people no, we are not going towards that goal. And then, but you also then have the flip side where I've vented about this before too, because you've also had trainers tell you like, she'll never be able to be around other dogs. Yeah. And it's like, this dog has beautiful social skills. Like she was just leash reactive because she was a knucklehead, like, and is. But yeah, so it's tough. But it, that's, what I, that's what I felt right away when I heard that was like, yeah, it's just kind of like giving the people what they want kind of moment for a very small moment where we're sacrificing the dog's comfort and safety. And, but it doesn't end in the long run. It doesn't end up teaching anybody anything because I want to know, okay, what's the number of people who are doing that at Thanksgiving? Well, it's like, can you replicate that? Not in that room. No, no, safely. Absolutely not. not. Most people aren't even going to attempt to. Oh, they're going to attempt to, and it's going to go horribly (laughs) wrong. The fact that it was like not even like a well-situated dog. And a reactive dog is like reactive dog, reactive dog. Right, two students' dogs. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening, people. Uh, I will be smart and I will schedule the remaining two uh, episodes so that I don't forget to post them. So those will come out next week and the following week. And then I'm sure Savannah and I will be able to get something else recorded or me and whoever. Um, Of course, as always, if you have any requests or you have any follow-up questions about any of these episodes, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I would love to talk. I would love to get feedback. Um, I would love to hear what you want me to talk about. Um, Also, in addition to that, if you like this format, if you like digital, more digital content, you want exclusive access to digital content, and you have not yet checked out the highlight on my Instagram um, about my little DIY Instagram subscription service that I'm offering, go check that out. It's $10 a month. It's super easy auto pay through PayPal, super easy to get set up. 
Um, all you have to do is get set up on PayPal through the link in the highlight and then shoot me a DM and let me know that you did that because I don't get notifications for it um, and request to join the exclusive Instagram account to follow that. It's a private account that only subscribers can see and I go live there. Um, there's a group chat that we'll chat in about various topics. Um, sometimes I go live just to talk about stuff. I'll go live to do some day in the life stuff like feeding the dogs and that routine. Um, I have some clients lined up, uh, board and train clients lined up. So I'll go live talking about them and, and training with them. And of course I post stuff on my stories and make posts and all that. Um, so it's really fun. There's a good group of people over there and I would love to see that continue to grow. Um, I can't remember if I already said this. There's a group chat where we'll we'll chat. Um, and you, of course, then on top of that, in addition to getting exclusive content, you get discounts on things like um, the other day when I did my online live stream event on the topic of adolescence and how that affects, well, just in general, developmental periods in, in puppies and young dogs and how that affects their future training and potential for needs of behavior modification for reactivity and resource guarding and all that. Um, if you are a subscriber, you get 50% off of those. So that makes that 10 bucks. Um, and that live stream was two hours long. It was chock full of great information. Um, and you also get, what did I decide? 25% off virtual lessons. It's on my website. I can't remember off the top of my head. So if you're not local to me, but you want to just sit down and hash some stuff out that you're working on with your dogs, you get a discount on that service as well. Um, so it comes with a lot of perks and it's only 10 bucks a month. So check out the highlight on my Instagram for that. Um, what else do I have going on? Virtual lesson sessions are open. Winter's kind of hard for travel. So I opened up virtuals again um, and you can book those through my website private lessons of course are available group training is always available um, board and trains i have some availability in january and february yet um, and then boarding of course all that it's all still grooving so if you need anything let me know and thank you again for listening